Amen. I think this is the sixth or seventh message uh, that we've brought on this and concerning this. Amen. How we doing back here, Brother Joe? All right. Good to go. Amen. Isn't Brother Joe doing an awesome job? Anybody been uh, amen. taking advantage of Ustream? We have uh, get um, emails each and every week on people that are listening and following in and not able to perhaps be here in this uh, local church, but are following and being uh, under up under the word through um, Ustream. And so we're so, so thankful for that ministry and those who are faithful to uh, carry that out. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 28, it says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac, as who? Look at your neighbor and say, the Bible says, you are as Isaac. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen. And then in Genesis, or excuse me, Galatians chapter 3, and verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. And so I want us to look here tonight because we have been talking about the multi-generational blessing. We have been talking about how that uh, Elizabeth and Mary were pregnant at the same time, generation, gener different generations pregnant at the same time. We have talked about Elijah and Elisha and how that there was a transfer. There was a release of generational blessing. We also talked about how that Elisha went to the grave with that blessing because Gehazi would not receive it, right? And so there was a disconnect. There was a separation. And we see uh, because of that disconnect that another generation suffered uh, we, we've seen all of these things. We've been talking about them in, in different scenarios and different ways. But I want us to connect and understand tonight that this isn't an old covenant, but this is a promise that has come down to you and I. I said before, and, and, and I don't know that you, you've heard it or that you agree with it, but there is only one covenant ever made by God, and that was to Abraham. 
And whenever people would get away from covenant and you see them reconnecting, that's exactly what was happening. They were reconnecting with the covenant that God made to Abraham. And so they were coming back to the same promise, the covenant that God had made in days past. And I tell you tonight that we are no different. We are still under, amen, the covenant of Abraham. We are of the seed. We are connected to that same promise that God gave Abraham. We have a right to here tonight. Amen. And so he says, we are Abraham's seed. We are not of the bondwoman, but we are as Isaac. In other words, we are Isaac. Hagar represented a covenant, and Sarah represented a covenant. Both uh, give birth to two different bloodlines. Uh, one is a bloodline of bondage because it was bound by the law and legalism. It was what man could produce, Right? The second was born to faith. It was born out of covenant and God, out of promise. And God sent Abraham before the law to show people how, what the faith looked like. He wanted people to see this is how you walk in faith. This is how you, according, you walk in this according to the promise. And then Genesis chapter 25, it says there in verse 5, And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. How much did he give to Isaac? But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubine, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent... Went crazy on me. That's all right. I got it back. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. See, Pastor Jack, you just getting started, man. All right. 175 years life which he lived. 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age. Amen. An old man and full of years and was gathered uh, to his people and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in a cave which is uh, before Mamir in the field, and uh, let's see here. Abraham purchased heath, and there Abraham was buried, and Sarah's wife. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt in the land. Amen. And so the blessing came down to Isaac. He God did not bless the son Ishmael. He did not bless the children of the concubine, but God blessed his son Isaac. Amen. This shows us generational blessing because Isaac received something that Ishmael didn't get. 
Amen. Isaac received something the sons of the concubine did not get. After Moses died, God blessed, or after Abraham died, excuse me, God blessed Isaac. Amen. Because Isaac was the, the promise seed. He was in covenant. He is the covenant seed. And then in Genesis 26, there is a famine in the land. Beside the first famine, there was in days of Abraham. He said, and Isaac went to Amalek, king of the Philistines in gear. Famine is a result of an extended dry season. Amen. An extended dry season. Isaac was connected to his father, who was a master at finding water in dry places. Amen. And I want to say to you tonight that we, we have to learn this art again. We must learn this art again of being able to find water in dry places. We, we, we don't get there because we, we've just accomplished and done all of that ourselves. But we get there because one generation gives to us something that will cause us to be able to transcend through the dry place. Amen. And so we, it's not up to us. We, we have been so lied to and we have believed it so much. And we have, we have thought that every generation would know God for themselves and the next generation get their own. But the devil is a liar. And, and I want to say to you tonight that it is the reason why that the church is still at the marketplace playing around with marbles as a child while there is a transfer of power that is going on over our heads that nobody even recognizes or knows. And we've got to come to a place of maturity like the sons of Ishkar, where that we will know the times and the seasons in which we live and come to a place of maturity and say, this isn't just about me getting to heaven. This is about me been posing into the earth the kingdom of God, the principles of God, and the plan of God. This is about me finding a strength in a dry place, drilling a spiritual well. Water represents the Holy Spirit, right? And he is saying that Abraham was a master at finding the, where the flow of God was, even in dry places of his life. We've got to train another generation how to tap into some Holy Ghost. We've got to teach them how to tap into the Spirit of God, even in a spiritual climate of, of an antichrist spirit, even in a spiritual climate that is anti-God, anti-Christ, we've got to raise them up and say, hey, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the circumstances you're walking through. You can drill down in the spirit and you can tap into a flow that'll cause you to have victory and power over every circumstance you will deal with in your life. Amen. Now that Abraham is dead, that same land Abraham walked in of promise and faith, now Isaac comes. And now it's in, because Isaac had received an inheritance from Abraham, he inherited the reward of Abraham's labor and faithfulness. Verse 3 tells us here 
sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee. I will bless you. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham thy father. Abraham knew how to build altars and dig wells. And God tells him, if you will be faithful to dwell in the land of faith, dwell in the land of your father, right? I mean, oh, Abraham is a father of faith, right? So he's telling him, he's saying, Isaac, if if you will just dwell in the land of faith, dwell in that which your father has already run the enemy out and already drilled these wells, he said, I will be with you. Amen. You you will uh, see faithfulness and I will be faithful to bring to pass what I spoke to your father, Abraham. He didn't see fit to give Isaac a new promise. He just said, I'm going to give you what I told your daddy he was going to get. Come on, somebody. Amen. Verse four, he makes the same promise to Isaac that he made to Abraham. And I will make thee and thy seed a multitude as the stars of the heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He never changed it. He see, It's like you could take the promise that he gave his, the other generation being Abraham. You can look at that and now he's speaking the same thing to another generation, Isaac. In other words, he's saying this isn't complete yet. You you, you haven't seen the fulfillment of it yet, right? And we've already talked some about that, but I want to push it in on you because sometimes we feel as though that we have lost the battle because our eyes may be growing faint and our spiritual time may be as we, as our life, as we see it, as we are fading and, 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 and not coming, but we're going. But I want you to know that it's not about just one generation doing their thing, hanging up their hat and going on. But this is a a perpetual blessing that flows from generation to generation. And therefore we must be careful that we don't lose the baton, that we but we pass it off with integrity. We pass it off with preciseness. We pass it off to another generation and say run the race with faithfulness. Run the race with courage and fulfill the promise of God over your life. Amen. It's the same promise. I'm going to multiply you as the stars of the heaven. You're you're going to see your seed is going to be blessed by all the countries of the earth. Your seed shall be as the nations of the earth and they will be blessed. Why? Why did he do this? Verse 5, because Abraham obeyed my voice. Now, wait a minute. Has God messed up here? He's talking to Isaac. And he's telling Isaac, because Abraham obeyed, I'm going to do this for you, Isaac. You're getting that. Amen. He said, and keep my charge, my commandments, my stature, and my law. There are some things that Isaac gets because Abraham's faithfulness. 
I want to say to you, I, I believe the church has done a fairly good job, and I know everything, you know, there is, there is balance in it all, and, and I know whatever you want to talk about, there's got, you know, there's some people get way out there. But we have taught about the generational curse that will go from generation to generation. But I believe that, and I, and, I, and I understand that, and I believe in that we have to deal with that from time to time. But just as certain as there is a generational curse, we need to understand there is a generational blessing. Amen. And we need to let another generation know you're going to be blessed because I was on the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, my son is going to be blessed because I went ahead of him. Amen. I'm blessed tonight because my parents chose to be faithful servants. Amen. And so everything that I receive is not because of me. Some of the things that I receive is because my parents and my grandparents were faithful to the heavenly call. And as a result, amen, God is saying because of your grandfather and your grandmother and because of your parents, I'm going to cause this promise to come to pass in your life. Amen. And I tell you tonight as God helps me, my children will be blessed. Amen. They will be blessed because Renee and I have made a commitment to follow Christ to the best of our ability and dwell in the land of faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are faith, if you are of faith, he said you are Isaac. When Abraham gave Isaac the promise, he gave him everything in the covenant. He gave him, amen, the promise. He gave him the blessing. He gave him the covenant. He gave him the power. He gave him everything that he needed to get the job done. Abraham had the power to build altars and dig wells that produced water. Abraham was giving Isaac, amen, something more than just uh, to deal with a a little uh, thing in his life. He was giving him something that he would find stability in troubled times. How many know we've got to give this next generation more than a fluffy gospel, more than a feel good doctor fix it, but we've got to give them something, man, that'll stand in a time of a famine and they will know the power of God. They will know the anointing of God is real. Amen. And even though the spiritual climate may not be conducive, and even though there has been a drought for years in our land, that they will know the God of their fathers. Why? Because there has been a well drilled right in the middle of a famine that produces the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will cause them to rise up and say, I am more than a conqueror because Christ has given Giving him his power. Amen. When you're in a famine, you need more than money. When you're in a famine, you need more than a car or a house. You need some water. Amen. How many has ever got thirsty? I mean thirsty. Amen. Whenever you thirsty, you ain't looking for a Mercedes. 
Huh? You're not looking for a million dollar blessing. You're looking for some water. Amen. I've probably shared with you all and, you know, if there's any animal lovers, God bless you, pray for me. But I like to find them and uh, do my part to help, you know, with the, the pest population. And, uh, you know, I had a friend whenever we was in Lewisburg and Greenbrier and we went uh, bear hunting. And uh, and so, make a long story short, the, the bears, they don't, you know, just stay in a small little place. They run all over the place. And, and uh, so I went up and down this mountain and, you know, mountains and fat people. They just, they don't go together. And about the third time, up that mountain and down that mountain, up that mountain and down that mountain. And, uh, and on that third time back up, I know I wasn't in hell, but I could see it from where I was at. <laughs> and I told the man that was with me, I said, I would give $100 for a cup of water. I was dry, I was parched, I was empty, I was tired, and all I wanted, I didn't want no new truck, I didn't want another house. All I wanted was some water. Are you with me? And he said, you just sit right here. And I'll go see if I can find the truck. Both of us lost as a goose in a hailstorm. And, and he walked up there about 75 yards and he hollered back and he said, would you still give $500 for a glass of water? He said, the truck's sitting right here. Amen. How many know sometimes when you're in the middle of the desert, in the time of spiritual famine and dryness is all around, and you feel like you've already given all that you can give, amen, and you're just about ready to just sit down, give up, and say, I've done went as far as I can go. But if you would just push on a little further, baby, if you would just go that extra little, uh, run that hundred more yards, push yourself to the end, the water is just ahead for you. And I want to tell you tonight that you've just got to keep on pushing because every generation must teach the next generation how to dig wells. Not just wells, but wells that produce water in times of famine. Right? Because anybody can get water whenever it's raining outside. But you've got to be able to drill. You see, we have produced weak Christians that cannot stand. Amen. We have produced them because we haven't taught them that there will be famines and you're going to need some water in the middle of your famine. Amen. And as a result, we have, we have produced weak Christians that, that you know, if, if they have a flat tire, they'll quit God. Amen. I'm tired, so it must be a sign I'm going to sleep in today. You know. I'm wore out. It's the only day of God and all that. And, and we, we produce weak Christians that don't know how to overcome an obstacle, don't know how to worship in the midst of trouble. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. We've got to have it just right. We've got to feel good and we've got to be on a spiritual high and we've got to be on a mountaintop and all of that before we can even lift our hands and worship God. And we've got to teach people how to dig a well in the times of trouble because you see, we, we, we produce this because we don't know how to pray food in. We don't know what it is to curse sickness and say, sickness, you've got to go. We, 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 and I, I'm not against doctors, right? You understand that. But we've got more confidence in physicians and medical science than we do in God. And so we have produced this kind of thing. And, and we don't know how to stand the fiery trials of the enemy. Amen. We, we've taught people once you get saved, it's flowery from here on out. But the Bible said, think it not strange, brethren, when fiery trials come upon you as some strange thing has come to you. He said, you will be tested. You will go through the fire. You will go through trouble. So get ready and prepare yourself for it. Each generation must dig wells. The wells that are dug by one generation will create a flow for the next generation. The Azusa Street revival was a well for America that produced a flow for another generation. History even records that the Azusa Street revival is what helped to form that next generation. Do you know that? You can find that in history. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that that well, now the, the Holy Spirit's always been, right? He was there at creation. But we see that America learned about the Holy Spirit when that well was dug at Azusa Street and there was an outpouring, a revelation was released. Amen. Then we had a well of faith that was drilled. And we begin to learn a thing for another generation that you've got to live by faith. And we, that we, we had fathers, that spiritual fathers in a generation that taught us that you have to live your life by faith. Amen. And then we had healing wells that were drilled. And we understood that God wasn't only our Savior and He wasn't only our Holy Spirit filler, but He was also our healer, right? Amen. And so for another generation would rise up and believe God for the miraculous, believe him for miracles. And then we have the, the well of prosperity that would be drilled. And we come to understand that we didn't have to be drugged through a, a knot hole backwards and we didn't have to be broke, busted and disgusted to be a good child of God. But that God wanted us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospered. Amen. And so we see these wells that have been dug throughout generation to generation so that we can come to another place and we can say that we know that our God is faithful. He has not let us down, but he has brought us to this place and he has not brought us to the wilderness to die, but he has brought us here to show the world that even in the midst of a famine, that our God will sustain us. He will empower us and he will give us victory over all of our enemies. Amen. 
I'm blessed because of generational blessing. Amen. Now here it says, let me get back to this real quickly. It says in Galatians 4 that we are as Isaac, right? Can we agree on that? That we are not as the bondwoman, but we are as the free woman, son. And then he tells us that if you are Christ, how many is Christ? Are you Christ? Amen, three of you. I'm going to give an altar call now. Come to Jesus. Amen. Are you of Christ? If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right? Galatians chapter 3 and chapter 4 tells us this story of Abraham and Isaac so that we can understand our relationship between Jesus and us. Just as Isaac was of of promise, so we are of promise. We are not as Ishmael, born uh, in bondage or out of bondage, but we are as Isaac, born out of promise. So what is our promise? Are you with me? What is our promise? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, say promise, is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Just like Isaac, when we stay in the land of our father, walked in, he he had victory, right? And whenever I stay in the land that Jesus walked in and and, and have that uh, walk in that unity, walk in that uh, oneness with Christ... I walk in victory, not because of what, just like Isaac was not blessed because of what he did. He was blessed because of what Abraham did. Now it is a resemblance of me that I am not blessed because of what I have done, but I am blessed because of what Jesus has done. Amen. And so he brings me into this understanding that promise is not about just about you, but it's about to you, to your children, to your children's children, to them that are afar off. How many generations? That's four generations he's talking about here. And he says, I want you to understand that this blessing isn't just about one generation, but it is about the generations that will be coming after you. Glory to God. And so I'm not just walking this thing out so I can get to heaven someday. I'm walking this thing by faith out so that my children will be blessed upon the earth and they will have an understanding that they don't have to die and go to heaven to be blessed, but they can walk in victory They can walk in divine health. They can walk in the blessing and the favor of the Father right here on this earth. Glory to God. Amen. 
And so the promise is not just to me, but to my children, to my children's children, and to them that are far off, even as the many as the Lord my God shall call. Generations. We're talking about the connection from Abraham and Genesis. Right? And now we're in the New Testament. In Acts. And he's connected us to that same promise. And he's reminding us, just like he reminded Isaac, I'm giving you a promise. And like he told Abraham, it's not just for you. But he said, your, your children shall be blessed. And nations shall be blessed because of your seed. Come on, somebody. And we need to wake up in the land today and realize that the nation will not be blessed without the church. This world will not be blessed without the seed, without the promise of God coming to pass in our lives. And so we need to rise up and not be passive and not be fearful, but not be just uh, being manipulated by this world system to be bound to the four walls of our church because we've got what this world needs. Amen. Government doesn't have what it needs. We don't, we, we don't have uh, politicians that are that smart. We don't have a system in the world everything is broken around us and we've shut up in the church and silent amen and our, if we don't rise up our children and the children's children are going to suffer the consequences but we've got to rise up and say we've got something to say about it God has blessed us he has gifted us he has anointed us he has given us a promise and it isn't just a little promise it's a promise of power it's a promise of prosperity. It's a promise of blessing and not curse. It's a promise of life and not death. It's a promise of victory and not of defeat. Glory to God. And so we're going to rise up and we're going to proclaim that we're not about to go out of here like a bunch of whip pups, but we're going to walk in victory. And if God tarries, our children are going to be greater than us. And Mr. Devil, if he tarries, our grandchildren, they're just going to whip your behind with a switch. So come on somebody because the anointing is going to flow from generation to generation and get stronger and stronger every day. Oh, come on and give him some praise right up in here tonight. The dominant personality in the book of Acts is not Paul. The dominant personality in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. Just walk with me five minutes and I'll let you go. In Acts 1, they received power through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, they received utterance through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3 and 4, they received boldness through the Holy Spirit. 
In Acts 5, they received signs and wonders through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 6, they received wisdom through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 7, they received vision through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, they received joy through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 9, they received conviction and calling through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, they received a revelation through the Holy Spirit. Acts 11, they have generosity through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 12, they had deliverance through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 13, they had commissioning through the Holy Spirit. 14, they found faith through the Holy Spirit. 15, they found unity in the Holy Spirit. 16, they found guidance through the Holy Spirit. In Acts 17, they found uh, that they had a, 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 a defiance of God's uh, a, of glory and his power and they would defend the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We see in 18 they had spiritual favor through the Holy Spirit. In 19 was miracles. In 20 there was a determination through the Holy Spirit. In 21 there was a rescue. In 22 there was protection by the Holy Spirit. In 23 there was encouragement through the Holy Spirit. In 24, 25, 6, 7, and 8 there was a providential care through the Holy Spirit. What are you saying? I'm saying that same Spirit that brewed over the waters in the beginning of time. Amen. Was the same Spirit that called to Abraham. Amen. And said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to call you out of a place and I'm going to give you a promise. And it's not going to only affect you, Abraham, but it's going to affect you and your children. Amen. And it's going to affect the nations of the earth. Amen. He gave Isaac and Isaac understood that God what he wanted to do in his generation and he rose up and that promise has been given to you and I tonight that same spirit to be spirit filled spirit led spirit directed spirit anointed spirit empowered is rising that spirit of protection is upon us tonight that we will rise up in this generation and say we're going to drill a well right here and we're going to receive water for another generation. Oh, come on and give him praise tonight. Because it's not just about me, it's about me, my children, my children's children, and them that are far off, even as many as our Lord and God shall call. You believe it, give him some praise right here tonight. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk in that power. I'm going to walk in that place of faithfulness. And I'm going to drill a well. And say here is a place you can find rest. Here is a place you can find strength. Here is a place you can find water in times of trouble. They built the wells. So they were able to be found by passerby. We've got to build something so that those who are passing by can see where to find water in times of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that you're a faithful God from generation to generation. We're not here merely by ourselves, but we're here because somebody prayed, 
Somebody believed, somebody drilled a well, somebody paid the price. And I thank you for it tonight. Thank you, God, that somebody else paid the price so we could enjoy the journey. Now help us, God, in this generation to dig a well. Hallelujah. Dig a well where the passers-by can find strength, find help, and find hope on their journeys. And Father, I pray that you would help us to the Holy Spirit to seal in our hearts tonight that we would understand the importance of this moment. Help us to understand the importance of this moment that we don't just try to get through the famine ourselves, but God, that we drill wells for those who are coming behind us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would help every individual that is here tonight that knows you as Christ, Savior, knows you as Lord. I pray tonight, God, that they understand that they are people of promise. We are as Isaac and not Ishmael. We're here to be blessed and not to be cursed. So I pray, God, that that life, health, and strength breathe upon each of us in this place tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, raise us up. Let us be an artesian well. Let us be an artesian well that springs up inside of us that cannot be stopped by the pollution of the world. But God will give water to those who are weary. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will, please. Thank you, Jesus. So we stand in this place tonight. If you have a special need, if you need something from the Lord, you just believe in God for a thing, I want to invite you to come. I want to pray with you tonight. I know I've just been teaching and imparting, but if you have a need tonight and, and you believe God for that need, I, want, I don't want to miss this moment. And so if you have that need, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God on your behalf tonight. Okay? Let's sing a chorus verse. Okay? Let's do that tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. 